chipper. <laughs> You've like never felt better ever before, right? Like health wise, like I'm you're not sick at all. I'm at the peak of my health. <laughs> um, we had a bit of a crazy weekend this past weekend, so it feels good to see you again virtually. I think these week uh, weekly episodes are really keeping us like closer than ever. Chained to me. You're chained <laughs> to me right now. Or should I say, um, you are chained, you have chained me to you. Okay, well, it was also <laughs> a mutual chaining. We could just say that. Um, you can always end this call if you would like, and this will just become a solo podcast, which no one would listen to, um, because my name's Rob, and... My name is <laughs> Geraldine. And this is GBF, otherwise known as Gay Book Friends, where we review books um, that are gay, and if they are not... We will make them gay. And today we... uh, What was that? (laughs) (laughs) I was doing my computer. What was that? Um, Shout out to Wendy. Today we got around to reading one of like the best selling, at least on Amazon, um, LGBT books where I did purchase from Amazon. I should bleep that out maybe of the episode. I don't want to publicly support the company, but sometimes you got to prime something. Um, and this book, when you search LGBT literature, it's literally um, the top two uh, or three after Evelyn Hugo. And this book is They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera, um, a YA novel. So we're back in the little YA universe, but it's very popular. So um, I feel like it was about time that we got to it because Geraldine had been talking about it for a while or recommending that we read it. And uh, guess what? We did. So. So. (laughs) (laughs) We're both really excited to talk about it, um, clearly. For anyone who doesn't know what the book is about, and this is coming great, straight from Goodreads, which I think we should do this more often, is say the just a nice clean synopsis of the book. And it's that on September 5th, a little after midnight, Death Cast calls Mateo Torres and Rufus and Materio uh, to give them some bad news. They're going to die today. Mateo and Rufus are total strangers, but for different reasons, they're both looking to make a new friend on their end day. The good news? There's an app for that. It's called The Last Friend, and through it, Rufus and Mateo are about to meet up for one last great adventure, to live a lifetime in a single day. So when I, you know, I did, just from the title, the author, Adam Silvera, who I haven't read any of his other work, but I'm pretty sure he seems like a very popular YA uh, author, since his books are coming with a little badge on the front that, like, recommends, like, also author of, you know, go buy this. So that, to me, is a sign of... Like, oh, this guy's cooking up some stuff that people really like. Um, He definitely knows how to write a title. And I think the idea for this book, you know, sort of a classic plot device of you you know from the very beginning of the story, like, oh, both these characters are going to die is sort of a callback to something as classic as Romeo and Juliet, but also like enticing to read or it should have been enticing to read. What do you what what are your first and, and initial thoughts, girl? first thoughts or like overall thoughts about the book I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know I I know I don't know where I want to start because I I, I want to shut up also because I feel like I've just spoke, spoken so much but before we got on recording I literally told Geraldine I'm like 
do you remember like anything specific that happens in this book? Because unfortunately, a lot of the plot of the book, although shit does happen, I don't remember well, the order of events. That's one of or... the biggest problems with the book, I think, is that like so much happens in this book, but ultimately like none of it feels like it matters, which I guess is also sort of like, oh, death, nothing in life matters anyway. But I also know that's not the intention of the book. So was this book successful, do you think? In I don't know what the, what do you think the aim of this book was? Because I okay, have thoughts so th- about how uh, the morals and sort of the preaching is in this book. What would you do if you got a call at midnight on the day you were going to die? Like, what would you do? That's like, that sounds like a great, like, you know, uh, l- short story literature professor premise. Like, everyone go home and write, you know, a little short story about you found out you were going to die. What are you going to do? So this is like that stretched out into a full book that's about, I think it's 350 pages. Um, and it's a love story. And it's queer. So, you know, we have two boys, two main characters, Mateo and Rufus. They both live in New York. And they're both 18. Um, and they're both going to die today. I don't think they're both 18. Oh, well, see, I <laughs> just... 18 and <laughs> Mateo's like 20. No, because Mateo was born in 1999 and they die in 2017. They're like they exactly around our born age. 1999? It was on his tombstone. I just finished oh. the book like two hours ago. And that even goes to show I don't remember much of what happened. And I finished it the day we were recording this. So, um, they, one of them is 18. The other one might actually be 17. Um, and they both, they both live totally different lives, but one of them is more of a total introvert, has one bestie, has anxiety, a little bit more shy. He likes video games. And the other one is uh, a foster child. So he is younger than 18 cause he, he's in a foster home. Um, who, when we meet him, he's in the middle of like a, he's beating someone like almost to death. And the only reason he knows he's not even going to kill this kid is because this kid didn't get, um, a notification on his phone basically saying you're going to die. Um, but the plot twist is that he does get one while he's beating someone up. And the book throws you into this idea that there's a service that's somehow been created that is run by some sort of. I guess supernatural power, even though this book doesn't feel like supernatural or even very science fiction-y at all, you just kind of accept that there's a service that has your phone number that calls you at roughly midnight to let you know you're going to die. Um, and you just kind of jump into the book from there very fast. I think when Geraldine said a lot of what happens in the book doesn't feel meaningful is a lot of because of how the book's written. It's so YA, it feels like I could have read it in like fifth grade like it reminds me of really really no, sh- this was the easiest book i think we've ever read for this sh- ever show. like things are written so not immaturely but what's the word not and mm. a very like conversational almost like it feels like someone's just like talking at me yeah but when i'm reading it the language itself it's so simple which for me 
was upsetting because I was not buying the fact that these characters were even real people, nonetheless, that they could fall in love in a day. Because that's cool. We've also spoken about on this podcast how there are tropes out there where it's like, we have one day left together because I'm like getting deported or something. There's literally a movie or a book like that that we've spoken about. And it's like, there's something there. And granted, that movie is like a bad movie. It's with like a Mandela Stenberg or something. Or maybe that's one where she's sick and she can't leave her, her bubble or something. But whatever. This book for me failed. Like, I just feel like we never jumped off the cliff. Like, we never really dove into how crazy and insane it is that they know they're dying today. Yeah, I think this is another book that sacrifices its substance for its quirks. So, in general, I feel like this book could do with a lot more simplification because there was just too much happening and too many like devices that were at play in this book that just didn't need to happen, especially because like this book is already carries weight just from its concept. Like the idea that you're going to know when you're going to die or that you know you're going to die at the end of the day is already like a lot to deal with emotionally that I feel like this book could have done with just like really paring down and just having a story about two boys who fall in love with each other in trying to spend their last day to their fullest. I don't necessarily think like the police had to be after Rufus or the skein had to pull out a gun at a club or like just dumb things like that didn't make sense. And then I also have a problem with the fact that like they sprinkled in all those like other point of views that didn't add anything to the book other than what did I say in my review? Um, uh, the multiple intertwining perspectives, though interesting, add little depth to the book as a whole. The whole small world wicked fate that the other perspectives try to sell almost cheapens the weight of the actual story. So in general, I feel like it made the book feel too preachy. <laughs> um, and which like, I don't know. It could have been actually more emotionally impactful if it was just more simple. <laughs> I enjoy really character-driven writing. Like, I love when, if you're going to split perspectives on a book and you're going to do it between primarily two people, stick with those two people, especially because the concept, as you just said, is so, so strong. And the idea of knowing when you're going to die, especially because both these characters are so young and they know it's not going to be health related, we all can gen generally accept that it's going to be probably some sort of scary tragedy. And the idea that you said, you said it, something about including a lot of little other perspectives does cheapen the book. Because in this book, we meet characters for chapters that are about two pages long that are like, the girls that they happen to be sitting next to on the subway mm -hmm. or the girl that passed them on the sidewalk and they are also going to die today. And all of, and you're thinking in your head like, okay, so are any of these deaths going to be like related in the end? Are they all going to tie together? Is this, are these characters going to end up becoming purposeful later? And although in maybe in some ways, you know, they are related to the main characters. It just feels, all of it feels even more cheap when, like, these characters, like, they survived, like, a bomb explosion yeah. in the middle of the day. Like, out of nowhere. And, the, like, just a bomb goes off. But, like, they live. 
And then a, you said a gun gets pulled at a club that, first of all, was there no security? A club that's catered to people who are um, deckers. Deckers. <laughs> so when you get the, yeah, they're dying. But I paused to remember the stupid name that is assigned to people who know they're going to die that day. They're called deckers. So there's multiple establishments around New York City and I guess around the world um, that are catered to living your last day on Earth where you can, one of them is like a nightclub where you can go and party. But I'm like, so you're congregating all the people that know they're going to die today in one place. So you're like asking for something like it would be convenient. Well, that was one something... of like Mateo's like anxieties about the whole thing. Is, like Right. And so, but from a rational point of view, my biggest <laughs> issue was with the book is how it did not even answer this like anomaly, this paradox, the idea that like, if you know you're going to die that day, there's so many things you just should not do. And like, how is that even possible to begin with? I mean, a bomb did go off in the middle of the day and they like survived it. And then spoiler alert, one of the characters dies from like an oven explosion. Like, and another character that we meet survives like a car crash and a bomb explosion. And it's like, oh my God, like this is not the picture of death that I wanted to. I thought the, that's like, that's how the, I thought the book wasn't going to go because that's so cheap and obvious. Yeah. But no, they literally ride around on their bike all day avoiding like n- disasters. But it's written so cheaply that each chapter is like four pages and they just run through it. And also about 70% way through the book, the characters will start dropping little things like, oh, I'm looking at his body and he's so hands or like he's so this or he's so that or I was gonna hold his hand but I didn't and it's like wait they like each other like for me it did not click at all like I knew that it was a gay book and I knew that's what was gonna happen like I knew that but it did not feel like a fun natural progression whatsoever so as like a character driven love story of two people that meet on the day that they're both gonna die it failed in being entertaining for me it felt like it was written for a fifth grader who. When you're in fifth grade and you're like, I want to read like a scary book, you know, like, oh my God, like these people die at the end. Like, I need to read this. Like if I was an elementary school librarian, this would be like just for the fifth graders. This is a fifth grade book. If you're in fourth grade and third grade, you can't read it yet. But when you're 10 years old, you can read it. I mean, it was incredibly sanitized and like, I didn't need them to have sex. I'm glad they didn't. I mean, that's what I'll be trying to do on my last day and there's apparently also an app for that and see that's funny like there's parts of this book that could have been more funny but the narrators of this book aren't funny they're so unfunny that I dog-eared pages in the book where I was like who the fuck even speaks like that like one of the main characters um Rufus he just reminds me of like the sense of humor of like my 55 year old Italian American uncle like, he's like, oh, the, my boys. And he's, like, talking about his testicles. And he'll, like, just say weird things about sex and, like, gross things. And I just am like, whose sense of humor is this? And then the other one is this, like, closeted gamer twink who I feel like he would low-key collect dolls. Of the doll collectors that I know, he, like, gives me that vibe. And, again, I, I mean... <laughs> And I like the character, but I didn't love the character. I mean, I, I think out I, of the two, I definitely like liked Mateo more for some reason. There's something about Rufus that's just like not believable whatsoever at all. Like he's like, yeah, I'm like a damaged photographer. Yeah, he's I mean, like he, a manifestation of this weird, like I don't know. He feels like Mateo came up with him. 
You know what I mean? Yes. Like, he doesn't feel like a real person, especially because four months before the beginning of the book, his entire family died in a tragic car crash when their car flew off of a bridge into the Hudson it's River. It's like, how tragic can you make this trauma? Like, he couldn't just have, like, no family, just be in the foster system. Like, I don't know. It was just a lot. Every yes. time you read, it was just a lot. <laughs> Even, like, the de- it's the depiction of the foster kids, like point like I would have much rather liked to know this foster kid who comes from you know obviously very little privilege because he's in the foster care system and we meet him when he's beating someone up so you know and then he spends time running from the police like all that there is like Rufus pre-foster care system seems to have lived a great life like his family used to go on ski trips (laughs) yeah so it's like He's only been miserable for these four months. And obviously, like, losing your entire family and watching them die is, like, horrible. But, like... That part, when he describes it happening, he's like, they didn't even fight to get out of the car. They just let themselves drown. I'm like, holy fuck. But, like... And I'm like, you should be more fucked up from this. Like, he's exactly. a bit... <laughs> yeah. But, like, the two main characters are... In, extremely privileged for what they are going through <laughs> in my opinion like if you're gonna write a book about like poc new york kids like is this really the story that it that they're telling is this really like the lives that they're leading you well to? the thing about their last day is the majority of what they did was filled up with these man-made uh fantasy events of like going to different locations that were created for Deckers, created for people who know they're going to die. Like, they go to, like, a simulated skydiving thing called, like, Make a Moment, where people who are dying on that day can pay, like, $500 to fake skydive, fake jump down a waterfall, fake whatever. And then they go to, like, a fake arena that somehow fits all of the... every country in the world. You can visit a simulation of every country in the world. And it's shit like that that... It just didn't feel, like, very genuine. It didn't feel relatable. Like, yeah, we have moments where, like, one of the main characters visits his dad. Like, did the dad have to be in a coma? Like, the dad, like, is in a coma. The but mom the died giving visits, birth to like, him. multiple times. Like, it's a lot of back and forth. There's, like, no finality in this book. For a book about death, there's absolutely zero finality because well, he visits his dad, like, twice he talks to Lydia twice after deciding to not tell her in the beginning. It's like... Lydia is um, Mateo's best friend, whom he... Who also was like a teen pregnancy. Her baby daddy died like a couple months yeah, ago. It's... I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I would have liked this book so much better if it was people who maybe were never touched by death. And it was really felt random. Like, we, I'm, like why am I dying today? But these characters' lives are, like, kind of surrounded and drenched in tragedy already. That it's just like, fuck. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm like, what are the chances yeah. that your best friend in the whole it's... world, who you're the godfather to her baby, is an 18-year-old teen pregnancy with no money, whose baby daddy also tragically died, like, a year earlier, and now your new friend that you're going to meet today, his entire family just died four months ago, and all of his friends are in jail, and now the cops are after... Uh, like, we, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it would just... Yeah, there's no... There's no break. Never. <laughs> never. And it's... <laughs> and there's no... And because of that, and because they're all, they're all surrounded by trauma, there's no contrast. There's not really much contrast between 
pre-knowing and like living their lives you know like (laughs) there's no difference for them between like the call and like six months before I these the things that they do don't exist in real life you know what I'm trying to say like this universe that the author built it's built on this shaky fabricated foundation that's not well explained it's just like wait let's go to this magical place where we can go to Puerto Rico in this weird simulation virtual but I'm like is it virtual because then they like jump off of a waterfall but for real I'm like where is this and like all of the friends can just like meet them there I'm like y'all just went in like it's like they go to these weird tourist attractions and they spend the whole day doing that and it's mixed with different chapters of them for like they the author tried like they do get to know each other like they you know reveal their secrets and their vulnerabilities and one of the characters in particular goes through a whole I guess psychological change where he goes from being the shy introverted r- worry ward to yay I'm gonna jump off of a waterfall and tell this boy I like him which is good but I don't feel like we ever actually got from point A to point B yeah it's just they told us that he did so I'm like okay I guess yeah. he did um, Cause he literally tells you that he did because you go you you uh they go back to Rufus's perspective and there will literally be a line like this isn't the same kid I met this morning or like Mateo has changed like literally word for word he will say things like that just to let the reader know that Mateo's different now. So Mateo dies. We never get to know how Rufus dies. Um, the book just well, it's kind of implied it's implied that he gets it by a car (laughs) but it just doesn't say he the last words of the book are and i cross the street with no one's arm to hold me back because throughout the book like mateo's like we can't cross the street without looking both and i guess it's like implied that the guy the boyfriend of that girly killed him no because that they all got arrested no 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 the guy from the call center Oh, because he was speeding to meet her? Yeah. Oh, shit, Geraldine. Across the street from the diner that she was waiting for. Yeah, I was trying to rush through the end of the book, so I did, that went over my head. But what Geraldine's saying is, like, one of the side characters whom you get to know over the course of, like, three two-page chapters is, like, a journalist whose boyfriend works at the death call center. So when she... And they, oh, fiancé. And they just broke up. And then at midnight, she gets a, a call that she's going to die. So she thinks it's a prank. But then at, like, 10 p.m. at the end of the day, she's like, wait, did you prank me? And he's like, no. So now he's driving to go meet her. And he must hit... Well, it's implied that he gets hit by a car after pulling Mateo's half-burnt body out of a kitchen fire. And it's just... Okay. Question. Did you think this book was gonna go somewhere really interesting, like, really sci-fi? Like, these two characters were gonna somehow escape death by, like, exposing that the Death Cat Center was, like a fake th- like did you think this was gonna go somewhere yes. different i thought i thought maybe not that sci-fi but i thought like they would escape fate somehow yeah i don't know what led me to believe that but i think because the book was going so simple i'm like wait the writing yeah. and the character writing isn't strong there has enough to be something to redeem it yes because people love this people book. love it 
a lot. But is it now I'm realizing is it just because of a shock factor that's not there for me? <laughs> I'm over the shock factor. Okay, I read every single Suzanne Collins Hunger Games book and she knows how to end a chapter on an explosion. She knows how to end a chapter on I have finished sentence and someone gets killed or something crazy happens, okay? This book did not was not on that level no, for me. No, the end of this book, no, when I found out that Mateo died from an oven fire because he was brewing peppermint tea for his new boyfriend who was waiting in bed for him. I was like, oh, it like I didn't feel anything. Like, did you tear up at all? I did. But I did, but not not when they died. Not when he died. I teared up when he was holding his body saying, You have to wake up. You have to wake uh, up. No. That got no, me. No. I didn't even I didn't even tear up then. When did you cry? I, okay. Because of the found family. I guess, no, I guess I have something uh like I always cry when like family is involved. So like I cried when they were were at the hospital with his dad the first time. And then I, I think I teared up when he was leaving Lydia for the first time too. Like that, I felt like was really sad. That is, when he- that is sad. I just think. <laughs> but then the, it ruins it later because she comes back. Yeah, so he has a final goodbye to his friend that was very dramatic for the book. It, it, was, it was in the beginning too. So you, I fully thought yeah. the book was going to go lots of really crazy places, but it really didn't. Yeah. So one of the deepest moments is when, you know, what would you do if your best friend in the world is basically your sister who I've already said earlier, like she has absolutely nothing. She's a teen mom and you're her only friend. You know, how do you tell them you're going to die? So he decides not to. So instead he like plans, orchestrates this whole goodbye to her and leaves her like a bunch of fucking money and runs out while yeah. she's like in the bathroom. And then like it's just like reading how like she's picking up on things that was just like so sad to me. Where like she knows, but he won't tell. He blocked her. her phone number so she can't call him. So she's calling from her grandma's phone. And he's not picking up, and it was just like fuck. Like that's some real shit. But oh, he's never gonna see her again. But then like at the end of the book, he's like Lydia, meet me here, and like, they hang out. I got a boyfriend. Like Ooh. yeah. <laughs> And it's like, I don't know, like, I kind of agreed with all of his goodbyes. Like, he kind of checks every box. And then I'm like, okay, now it's time to live your last day with Rufus, because that's the point of this book, is you two against the world, not you two undoing what you did earlier in the book. Like, by continuing your goodbyes, that already should have been done. Like, and it got to be like 8 p.m. I'm like, y'all are still alive. And you have four hours left, so you guys need to, like, do, like, where is this book going? And then, you know, at, like, 9 p.m., Mateo dies. And, like, an hour and a half later or something, I think Rufus gets hit by a car. And I just thought, I like, I do like that they both died at the end. Like, that makes sense. Yes, I, that, I do like That it. was the point of the book. But it did not, whew, sorry, there's a bug, like, flying around here. I just blew it away. Um, I'm scared it's going to land on the mic and be like, and then you'll hear it. I don't know. I like that they both died, but I didn't really care because I didn't really get to know them. And that's why I thought that the author was going to redeem this book with some sort of, I'm like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Like, when's it going to reveal that something else is going to happen? But nope, it just, it just kind of ended. You finish this book feeling very empty Mm -hmm. because there's nothing to feel whatsoever like it's kind of like you got you read it and you get so used to like all the trauma that's happening that by the end of it you're like well yeah i guess (laughs) 
At least that's what I felt. And I read this really quickly because, again, it's like the easiest book to read. It's one of the (laughs) easiest books I've ever read. I hate finishing books. Like, I like to take time finishing books. Um, I take a long time, even if it's a short book. But this one, I was like, no, I'm just going to rip through this. Like, I, I sat down, I'm like, okay, I have 200 pages. I'm just going to do, do this in the next two hours. And, like, halfway through, I took, like, an Instagram break, got someone to drink, sat back down, and just, boom, went through it. Because emo- it wasn't very emotionally taxing. I didn't need to breathe. I didn't need to react. Like, the only time I gasped in the whole book, the most surprising that happened, and for some reason this shocked me, was when... Mateo punched that guy in the face. (laughs) It made me laugh because it just made me laugh. I don't know. Because you could tell the author was trying so hard to show that this character like had a transformation. And it was just... You know what's funny though? What? So like in the beginning, this is is what made me laugh. In the beginning, like Mateo stops Rufus and they bury a bird together. (laughs) And I was like, come on. And then at the end of the book, they're going back to his apartment, and like Rufus mentions, "Oh, there's the bird." Yes, and I was like, "Really?" I, had to- I was like, "Really?" <laughs> um, the part for me that was like, "Really, we're doing this?" Like, and we're this isn't even that melodramatically written. Is when they both sit in his grave. Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> because yeah, because they go to visit. Um, Mateo's mother and the way that this society works is when you get the death cast call like something's already arranged where they're gonna they know your your grave starts getting dug so like ahead of time so with the tombstone and everything like ready to go and they go to visit the mom's grave and he I guess it slipped his mind that he's gonna get buried next to his mom. So they see them digging, like, his fucking grave. And the people who are digging the grave are like, oh, sorry, like, but can we, like, do you mind? Like, we, he's like, I want to get home early today. And Rufus is like, get the fuck out of here. So they leave from digging, mid-digging the grave, and then the boys just sit in it. And then they take an Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> in the grave. What I did like was that, like, Rufus has an Instagram, but he gets, like, 10 likes. I that was that. funny. He's like, I made it to 10 likes. And he has a black and white feed. But today, yeah. every photo's in color. He's like... <laughs> because Mateo told him to put it in color. Yeah, and it's just, like, so dumb. I don't know. It's kind of funny. It's it's more funny than it is sad. Yeah, but it's just not hilarious. <laughs> like we No, it's not purposely funny. It's funny because it's like why is this happening? Like this can't be this book. Yeah, like I want someone else. Like I genuinely want like a really psycho author to take this idea and make it into something totally different. Like There's it's probably already been done. To be yeah, I just I don't know. I This is the watered down YA LGBT version. Yeah, and also like not to be a hater, but this book did not need to be LGBT. Like, it just didn't. Like, I'm glad that, you know, they... I fully... There was a a point where I was like, is this gay? Because they were just, like, friends. And Rufus is constantly talking about Amy. And it's like... uh... And it's like, not to be whatever, but it's like, just because two boys kissed doesn't mean it's a gay book. I feel like the bar... For this was so low. Like, do people like this book because they die at the end? Or do they like it because they are gay and they die at the end? I personally <laughs> feel like if this was a boy and a girl, <laughs> no one would care about this book as much. And it almost feels like a clout 
breach. And I don't mean to be so yeah. cynical because I I'm assuming the author is gay. I don't know why. I just get, I feel like Adam yeah, Silvera sounds books like, are gay. Yeah, and I just feel like it's like. Sounds like a gay Yeah, name. that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Something about Adam Silvera. Have you seen a photo of him? No. I will show you right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, boo. I don't... Oh, yeah, he's really gay looking. He's kind of cute. If you're listening... Well, I think he lives in New York City, so... And is tall for no reason. <gasps> that's what his bio This says. book was... He's so good. Um, If you're listening... <laughs> 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 no, like I love. I mean, like personally, like I loved it. Um, if you're listening, Adam, no, I'm kidding. I'm six five. I just feel like I lost my train of thought. But oh yeah, I wanted to like as a gay teen at one point in my life, and I understand all people are fucking different. I'm glad that there's all different types of gay people. Duh. I just didn't buy it though. Part of it I just didn't yeah. buy. Like, I would have much rather this been much more queer and not just in the last 45 pages, they kiss because, and Rufus is like, I was waiting for you to do that. It's like, but you spent the entire day freaking out over your ex-girlfriend. So what was Mateo supposed to do? Yeah, I was like, when they kissed and he said that, he said, like, I was waiting to do that. I was like, what? Also, let's get into this trope of, like, one character changes the other one, but they're, like, annoying about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've t- spoken about this on this podcast before, that we do not like this trope of, like, I'm this extroverted, outgoing, really perfect at everything sort of character, despite having damage and baggage, yes. And then it's, like, their job to, like, change the other one. I'm like, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck. I just don't. Like, they're... I like when two people have raw chemistry from the beginning. Like, they hate each There's, other like, so much. no chemistry. No, because they're both dying at the end of the day. So, you know what? I feel like y'all definitely convinced each other that you needed each other, and that is realistic. But let's say you, they did fall in love. Like, tr- let's say they were each other's twin souls. Like, you're, these two people that were meant to meet. I didn't feel that. Like, that was not there for me. No, when Mateo, like, tells him he loves him... He was like, I don't know if I'm really in love with you now, but I, I'm sure if we live past this day, I would love you. Oh. I was like, wow, that's kind of cute. But <laughs> <laughs> where's the evidence? It just, not an existential level, but like just a literal level. Like this book doesn't make sense. Like I think there's certain chapters where they try to, you know, prove skepticism. Like the skeptical readers, they try to like give you some evidence as to how like, if someone wants to kill themselves, like, they can't. Like, like if I didn't get the... Let's say, like, this is, like, really dark, I guess. But let's say I was like, oh, I'm going to kill myself today. But you didn't get the death cast call. Like, you literally can't kill yourself. Like, you can't because you didn't get the call. So you're not going to die today. So there's one chapter where this girl's, like, on a ledge. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And they try to make it, like, cheeky because she's like, I see two boys riding their bike. I'm like, so yeah. what? Like, what are we doing? And she decides to live. Yeah. Because she, saw, Cause she saw two boys on a bike. She's like, you know what? I'm not going to jump off this ledge right now because I love those two boys who I don't know. Um, and wasn't she the girl who was working at, like, Make a Moment? Yes. Deirdre? Yeah, Deirdre. And you're supposed to, like, remember that. And I, like, did not remember that. And then she's... I only remembered it because... I'm um, shocked you remember it. Rufus was like, I've never heard that name before. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, like, throw in there, Deirdre's, like, a lesbian. She's like, they all called me, like, the fat lesbian. And she's like, my yeah. name is Deirdre, which means, like, this the saint of death or something. Something about death. 
or someone who killed themselves. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, I just don't care. And then after two pages, she's like, I'm not going to die. I'm like, yeah, bitch, you didn't get the death cast call. So you're not going to die. But that's what makes no sense. Like, that's what I just don't get. And it just is a loophole. Like, why are there massive arenas that are filled with people who are going to die that day? Like, you're asking for a terrorist attack, right? Like, is there insane security? Because someone walked in with a gun. So that's what I don't understand. Like, I would think that the government itself would employ, like, really crazy, like, the SWAT team would be there so that there wasn't a terrorist attack of, like, buildings filled with hundreds, maybe thousands. I mean, it's New York City of people who on their last day on Earth all want to hang out together. How does that make sense? Well, I guess they were, like... Well, they're going to die anyway. So if there were a terrorist attack, at least they're killing the people who are going to die. Yeah, but... Which is, like, just a weird, like, loop that's, like, just self-eating. Yeah. It's very self-eating because it's, like, how do you avoid... Like, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, they even say at some point that, like, the president of the United States got his call. So he went to, like, an underground bunker and, like, his Secret Service shot him. (laughs) Which I think is good to illustrate like the inevitability of no matter what, you will die no matter what. But it still doesn't answer the question for me of like, this just doesn't work because it takes away all personal agency. I don't necessarily think this book needed to explain it that much because it's not like this book was really doing much either. That's why I almost wish this book wasn't even science fiction. I thought I was going to read a book of two people that just live in America and this wasn't I thought we I thought we knew they died at the end. I didn't know that they did. Uh, I had no idea. I didn't even read the plot synopsis to this book. I just read it. And when I started reading it, I'm like, oh. It starts with a quote from Oscar Wilde, so shout out to him. Um, Steve Jobs also gets a quote, so I don't know. But I so at first I was like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be gay and then they bring in Steve Jobs and I'm like, Wait, was Steve Jobs gay? No. Oh. I don't think so. He had a wife and kids, right? <laughs> well, that doesn't mean anything. Anyway, well. <laughs> just kidding. Dark humor. Um, this book. So, Geraldine, if you knew you were gonna die, what would your what, like, what do you think about that? You know, it's funny because I only read this book in a moving car. Um, <laughs> like, wait, I wait, only, wait. I That's so to- sad. <laughs> <laughs> Because not to be whatever, but, like, I was getting a little bit, like, er, while I was reading it. Because you're con- No, yeah. Like, it kind of makes you feel like, uh, like, I don't want to be <laughs> on the subway right I now. I read this book on two rides, like, back and forth from the city, like, literally only in a car. I only opened this book in a car. That was moving. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a very thinking, interesting like, experience. <laughs> I was like... And it does make you feel a little like when you start questioning, like, I can die at any moment. You're like, ooh. Yeah, it's like <laughs> reading a book about a burning building, like in a burning building. Like it's the 4D yeah. experience. <laughs> so like low key, maybe you guys should be reading this book on public transit. I read point. it on the subway <laughs> a couple times and I was just like. I don't like this feeling because they talk, <laughs> they're on the subway and the lights go out and it, the car shuts yeah. off and they're like, well, this is it. We're going to die. And you know, a little one last stop. Mm-hmm. 
I now if that happens exactly this book. yeah that was the moment <laughs> but instead they take a nap I'm like okay and the other book they were eating pussy and they play with Legos yeah oh my I can't do all that his sanctuary <laughs> the 18 year old boy who built a Lego sanctuary on a tr- I don't know the book on his okay, way so to the cemetery mm-hmm. to sit in the grave. What would I do if I knew I was dying? Say I got a call at midnight and I had tomorrow. Well, first of all, I would think I was dying of COVID because (laughs) I may or may not have (laughs) a sore throat right now. Exactly. It's like it's like when you test positive, it's like, okay, I'm gonna be fine, and then you get the call, it's like, oh fuck. (laughs) But the problem with that is like if I had COVID, I couldn't do anything on my last day. Wait, yeah. How do you think this book would happen in a COVID universe? Like Loki, that fucking sucks. Yeah, because you couldn't you don't want to kill other people. Except for that one guy who threw the bomb. I would probably just literally kill myself. Oh. I would have an insane anxiety attack. Like, I don't even know what How I would, would do. How would you kill yourself, though? I don't know. That's scary. Too. That is terrifying. But, like... I can't hurt myself. You know that, like, theory that Foxface and the Hunger Games committed suicide? I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to get stabbed to death with a spear. Like, I'll just take some pills. If I knew I was dying, what... And I was healthy, <laughs> what would I do? I would be, I don't, um, I honestly, at the end of the day, these characters are way too calm. But also it's like, everything they do is a trauma response. And they're probably all going insane. Like, if I was going insane, I'd simply be going insane. So maybe I also would be doing all the things they're doing. But, um. I think you would uh, hook up with someone. I would, but I don't know who. That's the thing. I don't have someone, like, on. No, you would get on the app. <laughs> it's called, like, Necro, which is, like, so <laughs> weird. I think if I were healthy and I was going to die tomorrow, I'd just say bye to everyone. Like, there's not much I could do. I'd be so exhausted just from saying goodbye to people. I don't know. I would probably just be crying for hours and hours and hours. Like, that's what this book doesn't have. And maybe that's why he made both of their families, like, dead and in a coma. Because I have not said... not No, it, like, it definitely, like, uncomplicates the Yeah, because I have a massive family on both sides. And I have a good amount of friends. It's not like I have one friend or, like, two foster siblings and then no one else. Like, I have a lot of people. And they say, like, some people, like, throw their own funeral. I'm like, but that's also really scary and sad because what if you die, like, in front of everyone? Like, the book just didn't answer enough questions for me, but it's not like the book was that even well-written that it needed to. But it also just was unsatisfying. Like, this book was unsatisfying. Yeah. It, I never felt fed. Felt like empty air. Yes. Like, I, the portion of the meal was way too small. And um, it needed a lot of salt or something, some tzatziki. Like, you know, like when you make like, um, or like you order falafel and they forget the tzatziki and you just don't want to eat it. You're like, I just have, and you're so sad. I'm like, all I have is ketchup, some ranch. Like, what do you do? And you got to eat that dry rice and falafel and you're. Well, we're okay. We're equating death. Well, not to water down death, but, like, just read this book, and that's what they just did for 350 pages. So, whatever. Um, so wouldn't read again, obviously. Would not read if again. If anyone wants to buy my copy, I'm selling it for, like, 10 bucks, so, because I don't want this book. I did buy mine used for $3. In, like, Arkansas, who- so, I don't... <laughs> I wonder who 
what the person who read it before me thought about it. They obviously, obviously not that great. didn't value it. So anyway, you could read my review on Goodreads. I'd be popping off on there now. Um, I'm getting famous. So <laughs> follow <laughs> us on Instagram at Gay Book Friends because everyone's following our private accounts, which I love. Um, but follow everything. Um, I'm at Oh My God Berson. Um, I'm Geraldine. Lulio. And we're going to stop reading YA for a while and stop reading books about men. I'm so over men. I'm so tired. I'm incredibly exhausted. Gay boys. Gay men. I'm looking for a queer book that really hits me over the head with like great, like. I honestly, I'm ready to critique the straights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Twilight is coming. So there's. (laughs) Spoiler. Spoiler alert. We'll have a lot of critiquing to do. Um, and that's also like Mormon fanfic borderline. So there's a lot going on there. Um, but this one was not it. So we say in this podcast that we make books gay, even if they're not. So we have some work to do because I don't want to read any more gay books right now. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Um, otherwise, um, catch our weekly episodes every single Wednesday. They're going to upload whenever, um, I upload them and, um, yeah, TikTok, follow us. There's something coming. Instagram, follow us. And um, Adam Silvera, um, my Instagram is at ohmygodberson, um, and I'm free on Thursday night when I am free. So if you're free that night, when we are free, we should hang out um, if you're free. All right. Love you, girl. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.